put so much pressure on ourselves to be like, I got to write a song today and I've got to get my, my recordings figured out today and I've got to have everything aligned. No, you don't. Welcome back to the All In Podcast. I'm Rick Jordan. What's shaking? Amy Gerhardt's. Did I pronounce your last name right? You did. Yes, Gerhardt's. That's great. <laughs> I know nobody ever gets it right, but you, I'm, I'm proud of you. I, I, uh, I typically do, but then there's some that throw me. But you are. I, I usually ask because you know we always have pre-show conversation, and I usually ask, but I didn't ask today. So first tip of the show. If you're doing a podcast, always ask your guests how to pronounce their name before you start. I got lucky today. Got it. That's fun. <laughs> so you know what's really cool is that you're a musician. I am. And you have six albums. I have done six projects. Yeah. That's fantastic. Are they are they EPs, <laughs> full length albums? What do you got? Uh, I've got a combination of all or both of those. I have. Um, oh gosh, now I've got to go back and think. I have three full-length projects and three EPs. Awesome. What was yeah. your favorite one? Ooh, oh, that's hard. That's like, that's asking a parent to pick their favorite child. Um, <laughs> I I would say my the, the, the two newest ones definitely feel like my authentic voice. They definitely feel like the message I want to get across and feel the most, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they're my favorite. I'm just say that <laughs> they, uh, I started a, a transition from uh, earlier years and of growth and, uh, moving into pop music and those really solidify the sound. That's fantastic. It's awesome. great. Cause when you start anything creative, you know, I've been in music for many years too. I've never actually, I recorded on collaboration projects, you know, just as like a contributing artist, but I've never had my own albums or EPs. I just never went that way. But, you know, even thinking back to podcasting now, whenever you start a project or even business or whatever, a relationship, you never really ha have it come into its own right away. You know, I mean, I remember back to my first TV appearances and I, I look at those now and it's like, wow, I really sucked. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I, I don't like to use the word suck. I just like to say, oh, I've really grown. Over the years. <laughs> <laughs> That's a better perspective. I like that. And I fully agree really, with you. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe we're all too hard on our own selves, but oh, yeah, definitely. you look back at that and it's like, you know what, when you start something, you never want to start it and try to have it in this perfect state because you're going to grow through the process, especially yeah. when it's something creative and you sort of come into your own voice along the mm -hmm. way. That's another thing that I've noticed. Where was that shift? Cause you said your last two albums, you know, where was that shift for you to where you're like, wow, I feel like I'm really in the groove now. Yeah. Well, I, I'll be honest, that shift came from something internal, really, um, about five years ago. Oh gosh, what year are we in now? <laughs> I feel like this whole, like the last year has been just a big blur. Uh, I, when I, I, 2015, I moved to Nashville and, um, and I, you know, I've been performing my whole life. I, I've been writing music ever since I was a child. I've been, um, doing a lot of theater and music and then, uh, you know, but a, a lot of things, there's something that a lot of people didn't know about me behind the scenes. I actually lacked a ton of confidence in myself and I, I didn't have a good, healthy relationship with who I was, you know, going back to us being so hard on ourselves. I used to beat myself up all the time and like say that I was fat or ugly, or I sounded terrible or whatever these things were. And mind you, of course I didn't, I was none of those things, but in my head, I thought I was. So I made a conscious decision at that point to shift um, how I showed up for myself. I started doing a lot of very hard work 
on me and, and developing a healthy relationship with me. And the more authentic I became with myself, the more authentic my music became. And that's why I think these last two albums wow. are, have grown so much for me because I've grown as a person and it translates into my music. It's interesting trying to find your voice in those scenarios too, isn't it? Because you said you really came into your own and when you became more honest with yourself and true to yourself, that's where your projects really started to accelerate. Yeah. Was it kind of like peeling back layers? Is that? <laughs> uh, yes, there were. <laughs> I will say it's whenever you start your, your journey of self-love and self-discovery, there is no end point to it. It is, it's a constant peeling of layers and a constant discovery. I mean, even now, like five years later, I'm discovering more things about myself that I didn't know uh, were either possible or that they existed, or I still had some unresolved issues or, or whatever it is, but that's just, that's being human. That's growth. That's, uh, but yeah, it, it, there were a lot of, there were a lot of uh, internal fights, I would say along the way with myself <laughs> on the journey. No because, joke, you know, yeah. Yeah. You get so close or so used to being one way and then trying to change that. It's not an overnight thing. So yeah, there's many layers. For sure. What were one of those two experiences that you had on that journey of life that really, really influenced like your entire perception? Um, I, I think I had to let go. There were a couple things I had, uh, the, I had to let go of any expectations I had put on myself. Uh, and expectations that other people had put on me too. And especially also in terms of my music career and my art, uh, I spent so much time, you know, trying to mold and be like, oh, I should sound like this person, or I should create like this person, or I should do my photos like this or that. And, and none of it was authentic to me because I had never really taken the time to, to sit down and figure out what I liked and who I was and all this stuff. So letting go of those expectations was huge. That was a big one. Um, the second thing too was I, at least from a perspective, was stop trying to reach a goal. Like that was one for me of like, I have goals, I have things that I want to do, but whether or not I actually reach that goal is not the measure of success. The measure of success for me is the journey that I'm on. It's the, you know, the one step at a time, it's getting up out of bed every day, it's creating something new. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You just pivot and go in another direction. But I think the minute I stopped saying, okay, I'm going to be successful when I win a Grammy, or I'm going to be successful when I, you know, have, have gotten married and had kids and bought a house and all those things that we put this pressure on ourselves to achieve. Um, those were the two growing points for me or two major growing points of many, many growing points, but that really helped me to kind of release and let go and allow myself to grow and allow myself to discover life and discover music and rediscover music, I should say, and, and, um, and become who I am. That's cool. I know in the creative hey. realm too, even with, uh, I just had a, a film that came out a little mm. bit ago, Liberty Lockdown. Yeah. And the director who invited me in as the executive producer, I hosted it too, but there's all these tweaks after the fact that he was looking to make, you know, and it's great because it's hosted on Vimeo and you can update it even on Amazon when it's hosted up there, you can still change the final product. And there was a point in that to where I just said, you know, to what you're saying, I'm like, dude, the production has to stop at some point, you know, yes. and I get it from the creative side because that, that goal that you're talking about, especially in the creative can kind of be a bit of a moving target and mm -hmm. it can almost get very discouraging a ways. And this is with a lot of things in life too. It can get very discouraging when you set a goal and all of a sudden that goal might morph and you think that you failed 
when really it's more like you evolved and you grew and now you realize what you thought you wanted, maybe even just a year ago, six months ago, is not really the direction that you should take your life or that life is actually pushing you in. You know, mm-hmm. And I love that because I create things around myself to where it's like life almost like pushes me through it. And I intentionally oh, yeah. throw myself into situations that are uncomfortable or that cause me to rise to the top that are challenging because it could even change my goal. It actually helps me validate, is this even the right goal or not? Yeah. <laughs> is this the right target? So I can imagine even with your album, you know, there's, you probably listen back or any of your albums, you probably listen back and be like, oh, I wish I would have, you know, maybe sang a different harmony here. I wish I would have changed the chord yeah. progression, hit a minor or something right here. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, that's that's funny that you say that because that actually happens, I think, to everyone who's creative, regardless of if you're creating music or art or film or anything. Uh, you will always find something that you could have done. Like you will all, you will drive yourself crazy, constantly finding things that you re- could have redone. Um, I... I will say, you know, and the two the two newer albums, uh, Fire and the Hold On EP that just came out. Well, I say just it came out last year. Um, they uh, they both. I I don't really find anything wrong with them the way I do albums from ten years ago. Yeah. You know, because I'm just a different person now. So the essence of the albums I'm in right now, or the the projects that I've done recently, are who I am now. But I I guarantee in ten years I'll probably look back at these and be like, oh, we should have done that, or maybe we could have done that. Um, and you know, the, the, I think the lesson there is to just let it go. Like you said, you, you've got, at some point you just have to put out a product and stop overthinking it and then create the next thing and then the next thing. And then the next thing. When you take a look back at these last two albums, you know, is it that you made less mistakes or is it more so that you really know yourself better now? It's the latter. I really know myself a lot better and therefore I can stand behind the music that I'm putting out. And it's not, I have to be careful how I say that. Cause it's not that I didn't stand behind the music I put out before. I really enjoyed the music that I put out before, but now I've got a clear direction and vision. Um, mainly because like I, we talked about, I discovered who I am, but I also discovered my why behind the music I'm creating as well. And that was another that I should have used that as one of my two, <laughs> my two main <laughs> answers. I was like the discovery, the discovery of the why, uh, you know, and there's so many, so many great uh, books and speakers out there that talk about how you can find your why. And, and, and that's yeah. a it becomes a passion for you. It becomes something where now my music for a long time was just about me. It was very personal. And not to say that my music isn't personal anymore. All of the songs stem from from personal experiences or, um, you know, from a personal place. But I've realized that my job is just to create the music. I create it for other people. Now I create it to help heal and to reach and, you know, to connect with other people. And that, that shift too has made it so much easier to be authentic with what I'm putting out in the world. That's awesome. Is it, you're a mindset coach also. And I, I am. Yeah. Yes. It's, <laughs> I just I just launched my business. I'm so that's happy. That's <laughs> awesome. I think it's a great fit for you just because so, I mean you. where you've where you've been and where you are now. It's cool to see that there's a book that I just read in this past month called Mindset. I can't remember the author, but it's a mm-hmm. uh, Barb something. I don't know. It's, well, I shouldn't say I read it. I listened to it because I, I I read my books on Audible. You know. <laughs> me too. I love Audible. It allows me to consume so much more. It does because there's a. Mm-hmm. I used to joke around and people like, oh, you know, do you read? You know, because that's the question. It's never what do you read? You know, it's it's well, do you read? And I would always say, no, I don't. And people that knew me really, really well be like, you read all the time. What are you talking about? (laughs) And I'm like, well, I don't really like you don't read books. 
you read articles, you, you read like things online, blogs and everything else. That's how you consume your information. But when Audible came around, I was like, holy crap, this is great. You know, because it was yeah. a different way. It was more so like it wasn't like attention deficit or anything like that. But it was just I could never find myself because I thought that it was almost like a waste of time when I could be doing something else. So with mm -hmm. the uh, with listening to it, most of the time I quote unquote read my books now while I'm working out. And it's something that I can spend that on you too. <laughs> That's what I do. I was I was literally just about to cut you off. I'm so sorry. I uh, I off, just started I I do walks every morning and I put my a book on tape in when I wake up in the morning and sometimes I'll listen to music, but it's it's the best to work out and listen to a book or driving, long drives for touring yeah. and things like that, of course. It's fantastic. Then you can t you can just use your, your time a whole lot better too. There, mm -hmm. There's some things to where you can, I mean, books also will get my mind going, which mm -hmm. is, which is fantastic. That's great. But if I sit down for a book, which is, this is bad too, because I've seen science on this, where if you sit down and read before you go to bed, like right before you go to bed, you tend to be able to comprehend and, and let a lot more sit in to, to your spirit, to your soul. Yeah. It, it helps everything sink in mm -hmm. better. But I don't know why that is. And I've tried that and I agree with it. But at the same time, it's been more difficult for me to fall asleep when I read later at night because then all of a sudden my mind starts going, oh, well, I could yeah. do this, 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 this tomorrow. Why isn't it morning yet? I could get started on yeah. this right now, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. so it's actually a little bit of reining myself in too when I can say, you know, I'm going to listen to my books while I'm working out and then that's in the mm -hmm. morning and then I won't keep myself up at night either. Absolutely. Yeah. But your, your typical clients, I mean, do you help entertainment professionals? I do. So, I will, yeah, I, well, I will mindset coach anybody. Um, but the main uh, direction I'm, I'm heading in and the couple clients that I have right now are all in the entertainment industry. Um, you know, people, whether you're an actor or a um, comedian or, or singer, songwriter, writer, anything in entertainment, uh, mainly because I feel like it's a whole area of business where, uh, there's a lot of education on how to learn your instrument, how to book shows, how to, you know, create an album, how to do, uh, there's a lot of how to's, but not many people talk about the emotional side of being an artist and being a creative. Um, and a lot of the ups and downs that happen mentally in that, in, in that field, as, as well as, you know, just the fact that <laughs> we, we as artists and creatives, we have got really good days and we have some really bad days. Uh, and, and being able to balance that and judge that or juggle both of those and find healthy ways to, um, to handle being in the entertainment industry without exploding or imploding and then quitting altogether. So I wanted to be the voice to help people who really struggled mentally and really struggled with their mindset, really struggled with, you know, going back to their why, like, who are they as an artist? Why do they want to be in, in you know, in entertainment and, um, and how can I help them find and discover what their voice is so that they can, can actually have a clear plan or create a clear plan to move forward with their careers. What do you typically get, you know, when you ask that question, because you always think, you know, some people will seek after, you know, the Hollywood style fame or the Nashville style fame, if you're in country music you know, and say, that's what I want to do. I just want to be famous. You know, and I, I see that when I, when I speak with people in those realms a lot, is that that's just what they wanted to do. They saw somebody else up on the stage and like, you know what, I want to be in the spotlight. And there's not necessarily something completely wrong with that, but it's, 
only like a portion of it, you know, from what I've seen as far as being fulfilled, because it still leaves like a freaking big gaping hole <laughs> in, in your life. That's great. You're an extrovert. You want to be on stage because I love it. I love being on stage. I love being in the spotlight. I love having my own show. I love speaking places, you know, at Harvard, that was a rush when I was there. You know, I love going to all these places and having thousands of people listen to me because I genuinely feel like I can help them. And there's a rush from being on stage too. There's so much as, especially when you're performing. Oh my gosh. When you have a crowd singing back to you, come on now. And when they can take the song on for you and you can just stop singing and you just feel that energy coming back at you. Is yeah. there anything else like that? <laughs> come on. Nope. Nope. It's, it is one of the most amazing feelings in the world. And it's, it, I think when I was younger, and I'm going to say two things here. I was that person that wanted to be famous. I wanted to be on MTV, you know, when they played music, <laughs> I wanted to be uh, you know, I wanted to win the Grammy and I wanted to do these huge stadium tours. And, and for me, when I sang, when I was younger, that, that, that feeling that you get on stage in front of hundreds of thousands of people, or just, or, or even if it's 20, 30 people that are loving your songs and singing them, it's, it's amazing. But at that point in my life, it was almost kind of selfish too, in, in a little bit of a way, because I was like, Oh, people love me, you know, versus now uh, I tell people when I coach them and they say, I want to be famous. I want to say, first, we define what fame means to them. What does success mean to you? And then I try to teach them that there is nothing wrong with wanting to be successful, but you need to also want to be happy. Like that has to be mm, your goal yeah. with your art. You have to be find the happiness with what you're doing. And I know this from my own personal experiences, because if you're not happy every day when you're writing and playing songs and you're on the stage and you're on a five month tour and you're, you know, you're sleeping in crappy hotels and whatever that is, if you're not happy with what you're doing, you will burn out and you will step away and you won't be able to create the things that you need to create to push out into the world to help other people. So I try to re redirect that. Definitely aim for the success. Definitely aim for the fame. I think that's wonderful. But yeah, like you said, it's a slippery slope and you got to really know what it is and like why you're there. And if that fame doesn't come, yeah. you're still going to have your happiness. I love that. You know, my brain is going place and I got the questions. Here we go. Just going to throw yeah, those out throw the window. All right. Here we go. <laughs> so, you're a mindset coach, obviously. And you said you'll mindset coach anybody, but I know this being a fellow musician is that almost a lot of things that I have to do, I almost have to incorporate music into it, no matter what. I mean, even when I speak places, I'm like, you know what, here's my theme music for my podcast. Can you just like play this before I walk up on stage? I need some ramp music, okay? Just to, just to fire me up too, because music creates an atmosphere. You know, and even on the show, you know, we've got, this is great because my production team, we've got, we do most of the editing and post-production, you know, adding the, the music and everything like that. But the last couple of batches that I've done, I'm like, you know what? It would really help me and I think help my guests too if we could just hear the intro music right before we kick into this thing because it gets us fired up. It like sets you and I up mentally. So yes. yeah. So <laughs> how do you, you know, because you coach a lot of people in, in entertainments, obviously, but even mm -hmm. outside of entertainment, how do you incorporate music still? Because it's a big part of you. How do you incorporate music into your coaching? Absolutely. I, I, that's a great question. And I'm, I'm just like you. Music is so powerful. Um, and the, with music, I teach people to be aware of what they're consuming, whether it's music or television or books or 
I don't know what TV shows or <laughs> I just said television movies. Uh, I teach them to be aware of what they're consuming and how that makes them feel. Um, so if you're someone now, I, and there's all different types of music, you know, you being a musician as well, there, there's, there's, there's a ton of different styles out there and I'm not going to be the someone that says, Oh, I love all types of music. I personally don't love all types of music. There's some <laughs> songs that I don't relate to. Um, I am not a big heavy metal person. I, I respect it. I see it. I love it, but I don't hear a heavy metal song unless I'm taking a boxing class or something where I, I feel like I need to get aggressive with something, then I probably won't really listen to it. So I tell my clients to find the, find the music in their lives that inspires them, that gets them excited, that get, that gives them the feeling that they, they are able to do the work that they need to do. It really that will calm and center them to get them to a place. So I always try to tell them whatever that style of music is for you. It might be classical music. It might be rock. It might be reggae. It might be, you know, hip hop, whatever it is for you that, that you can relate to. And also pay attention to the lyrical content behind it as well, because we subconsciously, the words that we hear and they speak play, play a huge role on what, what we are, the way we act and the way we show up. And so you might love a, an amazing uh, rock song, but it might have some really negative lyrics to it. So try to find the music that is sending a positive message or sending something inspirational or sending sending something into your life like, you got this, like, all right, I'm, I'm going to, you know, do the work. I'm going to put my time in. I'm going to get focused. I'm going to have energy. I'm unstoppable. Like all of those things find that style of music to listen to or find any style that has that type of content to listen to. I'm going to do the work and put the time in. There's a new band that I discovered. <laughs> uh, it's because it's only because the director put one of their songs in the, in the film, Willie Echo, they're independent. Oh, they, nice. they only do uh, but listen to it. One of the, my new favorite songs ever is called everything or nothing at all by Willie Echo. Mm. And you've got to check it out. And when you're talking to okay. it starts out, it's like, I'll put in the work that you won't. It's pretty awesome. You know, cause it's talking about being an underdog, but rising to the top. But that's the thing because it, you, you can have a great beat. You can have a fantastic chord progression and you can be moved by music. Obviously. Hello, classical, right? There, <laughs> yes. There's no lyrics, <laughs> no lyrical content. Exactly. There's, there is some angry classical music that exists too. Mm-hmm. You know, that'll yep. get you, get you all like knotted up inside when you're listening to this stuff. <laughs> you know, but you're right. Lyrics add a completely different component because you could hear like a great beat. You could hear a fantastic chord progression that just really moves you. And then when the guy comes on or the girl comes on and all of a sudden they're talking about just crazy stuff that's going to put you down. Why are you listening to that? You know, who cares yep. about the musical content at that point? The lyrics yeah. are just, they're going to drive you down to the ground. So it's, it's both though. But yeah, I mean, I, I do like all genres. Me personally, I do like all genres and it depends on the mood that I'm in or like you said, what I need to get done. You know, around mm-hmm. the office, you know, we, we've got Sono speakers all over the place in our in our office and in the studios and we will play multiple different things all the time. And it just depends on what we kind of collectively need to get done in the place too. But usually it's something upbeat. Usually something's po- something positive. You know, there's one dude around here that yeah. doesn't like Imagine Dragons. And I'm like, why? And he's like, well, they sing kind of angry. And I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm not going to call out who that it's is. Like you positive, know. It's positive angry. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it pushes it's you intense. in the right direction still. Yes. Come on. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so yes, funny. Um, but uh, w- whatever it takes by Imagine Dragons. Yeah. That's another fantastic oh, that song, song that really yeah. resonates with me. Yep, <laughs> this is such a fun oh, conversation. So funny. Yeah, <laughs> Amy, you're yeah, awesome. I, I think that's. I think. I think this. Yeah, I think it's really important to pay attention. And I'm not saying too like 
look, there, you're, there are going to be times where we're going to have things that come into our lives that are definitely yeah. going to disrupt everything. Uh, take, use music as a tool. If you need to cry, put on some sad music and cry, flush it out of your system, then put the positive music on and get back to work. You know, it's like we take the time you need to process all different types of music are suitable. But if you're in a generally okay state and you're listening to sad stuff every day, you're probably going to stay in that sad state. And if you're like, you know, if you're listening to angry stuff all the time, it's probably going to make you angry. I mean, this isn't rocket science. It's just like, Hey, maybe if I, if I listen to pe- if I hang out with people that are happy all the time, maybe I'll actually be happy too. Yeah, you know? Unless it's positive angry, like imagine dragons. And well, yes, yes, of course. Yes. Positive ang- I think, I think we should message them and let them know that we've redefined their genre positive angry positive angry music <laughs> that's awesome i love it <laughs> well, i'm sure oh i'm sure gosh. they'll totally totally sure. be open to it you know i know individual and this is maybe because that we've been musicians for a good portion of our lives too but music is always playing around me and i notice when i get into mm-hmm. a funk you know and all of a sudden i come to a realization it's like oh man it's been a couple of days like three days since mm-hmm. i've played anything what the heck and then i turn yeah. it on so and there's even a part of my morning routine that I have that I started to get me set up for the day. And it's just, I have to have music playing because immediately when I get up, you know, I'll eat, I'll work out, I'll I'll shower, everything else. But as soon as I get down there, I'll turn on just the one Sonos in the kitchen while I'm cooking Mm -hmm. my eggs, whatever else, and put on some music right then and there just to set my mood for the day. And I feel that COVID too, you know, I don't, first, I don't understand how people go all day without listening to music. It's just, it, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't compute in my head. That's okay. <laughs> but I think that, you know, cause depression is obviously way up with, with COVID yes. and the pandemic, you know, even domestic violence and a lot of other bad mm-hmm. things are, are really up because of the lockdowns. And mm-hmm. if there was more music in the world, man, and I feel that it's such a tragedy too, because that's one of the industries that has suffered so much through this. And it, yeah. it pains me because I missed the live shows. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> I miss playing them. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Man, I mean, even yeah. going to, uh, where was I? Oh, it was it Disney World, you know, um, just a couple of weeks ago. And going in, and normally they have, there's a restaurant called Raglan Road, which is a fantastic Irish mm-hmm. restaurant. That you you got to have the Boren Burger in if Disney you go. World? Yeah, it's actually in okay. Disney Springs. And when okay. I went in there, though, normally they have like the the river dancers, you know, and they're putting on their show and everything. This was a Sunday brunch and they had a family, an Irish family that was up there playing live music. Like, oh, my oh. gosh, I didn't even realize how much I missed this. Yes. You know? And it was all Irish music. That was great. But it, I mean, just everything from a, a fiddle to a guitar to a banjo to, you know, even the 10 year old was like playing a, a, a side drum. It was just amazing. That's awesome. You know? And I'm like, Very th- cool. it was the best way to spend a Sunday brunch because it was just it, the music set the atmosphere. And yeah. I hope that everybody listening can listen to Amy because maybe I'm putting words in her mouth. I don't know. <laughs> but music really does set the atmosphere. And mm-hmm. coming through COVID, I mean, what are some songs that have helped you or maybe some things musically or creatively over the past several months mm-hmm. that have helped you move through this? Because it's been tough. I know for everybody, especially those in your industry. Mm-hmm. It, it has been a huge hit for a lot of people, myself included. Um, but it's also been a great time to take some space and reassess the things that are important, the things that I want to achieve, kind of reaffirm my why again, reaffirm the direction I want to go. Um, I will say for me personally, I shifted, 
I shifted um, to a lot of worship music this year, actually. I really dove into my faith. I really dove in because, you know, the reality is, is none of us really know what's going to happen. And for me, I'm a controller. And if I don't know what's going to happen, I will get in my head and spin around like crazy until I can try to figure it out or make sense of it. And then I just exhaust myself. So I leaned into a lot of worship music uh, this year. I love Lauren Daigle. Um, and Hillsong and all of those as well. And then I also, um, Chris Tomlin is right in Franklin, doesn't he? Something like ah, that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, maybe I think so. Um, but I also, uh, decided to give myself, um, as an artist on the artist perspective of things. And of course I always have my, like my motivational playlist. I have a lot of like girl, uh, or ch- what I call chick music. It's, it's, it's music, <laughs> but I love, a, I love a strong female artist. I love that. Like, here we go, ladies, like we're getting it together, you know? Um, but I like also, pink. as an, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah I love pink. <laughs> yeah. I love pink. I love Kelly Clarkson. I love Demi Lovato. I mean, when, when I'm working out too, this is another thing. So I'll listen to books on tape or I'll listen to like a lot of like hit you in your face, girl power, empowerment, yeah. self-love type stuff, because it helps me just to be like, okay, Amy, you can do another push up. It's going to be okay. You know? <laughs> um, but as an artist for like on the musical side of things, so when the pandemic first or the shutdown first happened, at least in Nashville was back in March. I don't, I think it happened everywhere in March, honestly. Um, it feels like forever ago. I don't know. I've lost track yeah. of time. But um, but when that happened, I, I wrote two or three songs really quickly. And I'm I'm not one of those people that presses writing a song a day. If you can do it, great. If you want to do it, amazing. Who I writes think- a song a day? Some people, what artists, what? I tell you what, some songwriters will go out and do that. Um, and I, there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody has a different writing style and different technique. For me, I had to allow myself the time to, to, well, two things. I had to allow myself the time to process whatever I was feeling. Cause I, at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of emotional ups and downs, and I had to give myself some time to strategize and replan. So for right at the beginning, I wrote a couple songs and then I, I honestly didn't write any songs for the last couple months up until well, yesterday I wrote a song and then two, three days before that I wrote a song and now all the ideas are starting to come again. So I get lumps of ideas for songs all together that kind of come in these seasons. Uh, kind of so, like a download. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like, it's I get like you. here's an idea. Um, yeah. But really, really kind of giving myself the freedom to not create if I didn't find myself in a position where I was capable of creating. And I think that's another thing that artists do is we put so much pressure on ourselves to be like, I got to write a song today and I've got to get my my recordings figured out today and I've got to have everything aligned. No, you don't. There's literally nothing in the world that says you actually have to have everything aligned. Take some space. If you don't write a song, don't write a song and then come back to it with a refreshed brain and write a song another day. Like it's, I've stopped making things so black and white with my, my music and my discovery. And I will tell you, that it makes life so much easier when you stop great. putting this pressure <laughs> on yourself to be X, Y, or Z. Just allow yourself to be what you're going to be. That's awesome. Unless you're Chris I mean, Tomlin, right? I, uh, well, of course, of yeah. course. He's got so much pressure on him. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's uh, I was at a, a session one time, David Crowder, and he was talking because uh, he and Chris have been good friends for a long time. And he was saying, he was talking about the creative process, you know, exactly what you're talking about. And he found that he needed to remove that pressure that you're talking about too. Cause he's like, you know, Chris Tomlin, he goes, he'll just, he'll say, you know what, 9am Tuesday, the 21st, I'm going to sit down and write the best worship song ever. 
and then out comes how great is our God, you know, or yeah. <laughs> whatever yeah. it is. And yeah. That's, <laughs> but that's how he works. But then uh, Crowder, yeah. he's like, you know, I'm, he's like, but I like to look around and he's like, I'll see the trees and I'll see, I'll see the river and I'll see the birds flying. He's like, so I really like to soak in what's going on. And I mm-hmm. found out that if I don't put pressure on myself, I have these kinds of downloads that you're talking about right now. So where yeah. all of a sudden everything just comes at once. So if I don't pressure myself, but I just allow myself space to actually create and to take things mm-hmm. in, then everything comes. And when it comes, it's amazing. I mean, he's a multiple oh, Grammy yeah. winning artist too, you know? So, but it's how his brain works. And I think that's a lot of creatives as well. So the pressure is just bad because I think anywhere in like business, whatever mindset, yeah. it's almost like forcing something to happen, isn't it? At a specific oh, yeah. time and creatively, that's just a recipe for disaster. Oh, it's terrible. I've, I have been in so many co-writing sessions especially when I, when I first moved to Nashville, because at that point I was still on my own journey of self-love and self-discovery. And when I first moved to Nashville, I'd already been touring for about a year or two and was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn how to write country music. I sing kind of like my, my style was used to be kind of a folk singer songwriter that leaned a little country. My pop music could definitely lean country, but I'm not a country artist. I'm not a country writer. Um, and, but I had this thought in my head, okay, I'm going to learn how to write about trucks and beer and like all this stuff. And, and <laughs> after a while, that's country music. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, and the funny thing is it's really, it's really not, I should have said like the bro country, but for when I first moved to Nashville, I was like, okay, I'm going to write all of this stuff. I'm going to learn how to do it. And I find myself, I found myself in so many co-writes trying to write this like country song that sounded like things that you'd hear on the radio. And I hated every song that we wrote it like, and it's not that the songs were bad, just my heart wasn't into it. I didn't want to do it. I'd put this pressure on to be something or to write something that isn't authentically me. I know where, where my pocket is with, with songwriting. I know, you know, what skills, and I can always branch out of that, but I, I can write a damn good pop song. Like, and I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I just know that that's my skill level. And, and also same, if you need like a a little folky thing, like I'm good at that too, Americana, whatever you call it. Um, but yeah, but country, not, it's not my strong point and that's okay. But I took, I removed that pressure and then I was able to kind of go into co-writes and not put an expectation of writing this type of song or that type of song and just allowing that song to create itself. That's all. Is that why you look back on your first albums or your first EPs the way that you do? (laughs) Uh, no. No, because I definitely didn't put any pressure on myself then. I just didn't know me as well then. And also my songwriting, where you're going to continue, well, I should rephrase this. Hopefully everyone who's an artist for the long haul will continue to grow and change and evolve and and get better at their craft and get better at their writing and better at their instrumentation and all of those things. And that's just the difference, you know, and and I, I really like some of my older songs, but I would go back and rewrite them in, in a heartbeat. Like I, there were so many things that I can see looking back, going back to our conversation earlier that I could change because it's just not relevant with the skills that I have now. But yeah, you definitely have to take the pressure off and just allow yourself to be open to developing those skills too. Because if you try to stay in just one little lane, it's you're never going to get there. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about your song, Hold On. What, oh, I love that song. <laughs> what does it mean to you? What was your inspiration for that? And it, was there something yeah. you were going through in life at that time? Absolutely. Um, I was at the end of a five-month tour driving across country in my car. I, I do a lot of house concerts. I'm an independent musician. So I'll do 
a couple of venues here and there, but I get hired for music festivals and I play a lot of intimate house shows. And I've been doing that. Yeah, they've been amazing. And I've been doing that for, well, if you can count February of this year, I've been doing it for seven years, but this year is really, I feel like it's just a, let's just erase 2020 in terms of the touring and music (laughs) altogether. But, uh, but yeah, I, anyway, I've so 60 years of, of house concerts. Um, and I tour about half the year with doing those. Um, and they're great. They're fun, but they're also, you know, when you're the only person in your car and you're the only person setting up your equipment and you're the only person selling your merchandise and you're the only person showing up and it's, it's amazing. You don't have to pay anybody, but you're still doing all of this work. And you lose a lot of your creativity in that those moments too, because it's play a show, pack up the gear, you know, it becomes, it becomes your business. Um, and as much as you love it, it's still work. And so you're enjoying, you know, the hour or two of performance, which is amazing and, and riveting and, and connecting with people and having, you know, those, those amazing conversations. But then the rest of like, and that's two hours out of 24 hours. And yeah. the rest of the time is like, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to go to, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to load up my car. I'm going to go to the next destination, spend another, you know, four, six, eight hours in the car, get to the next destination, you know, get a hotel or stay with a friend or wherever, depending on what it is. And so you do that over and over and over and over again. And after a while it gets really tiring and it can yeah, be very yeah. physically tiring. And I had a point, I want to say, when did I write? Hold on. So cold on came in out in 2019 I probably wrote it in 2018. Then I was at the end of the tour, 2018, and I was just exhausted. And I I was driving, and I was on a long haul too. And I just had this thought that came to my head, where I was like, "Okay, how much longer do I have left?" And I think we all, as artists, kind of think that too. Like, how many more years do I really want to keep doing this? You yeah, know, or yeah. do I want to do it at this level? And I was like, "God, I don't know. You know, how many more shows can I play? How many more? You know, how many more?" homes and spare bedrooms and like places. Can I sleep? Um, and, and then I just had this thought that came to my head. I was like, hold on, don't give up. Good things are going to come. Hold on. Don't give up. Good things are going to come. And then I started developing the melody, like, hold on, hold on. Good things are going to come. And I sang just that for probably like three hours (laughs) and I couldn't come up with anything else. And I was like, hold on. And then I was like, don't give up don't give up. And I was like, don't give up. And I made this little weird noise. Cause you know, you're driving and you're just bored and you're just saying things. And I was like, Oh, that sounds kind of cool. We should keep that in the song. So I went to my producers. So I had already booked my producers, um, <laughs> Alpine red studios out of Virginia. And I already said, Hey, we're going to do a new EP. And they're like, great. So I get into the studio and I was like, by the way, I haven't written this song yet, but I want it to be the title <laughs> awesome. and I yep. want it to be on the album. And I want this pop. <laughs> and I want this. <laughs> how do we, how do we add that in? And so the three of us, and then I brought in my friend from Nashville, uh, Megan Farrell, who's a wonderful musician. And then, so I brought her on board and she and I kind of wrote in Nashville while the guys were producing in Virginia. And then they came in and arranged the song. But I, the only thing I brought to them was I want, this is the melody, like, don't give up, no, no, don't give up. And then the hold on was, the chorus is so easy. It's like, hold on, good things are going to come. <laughs> it's a like, whole chorus. And so I got with, the, you know, the two producers and my friend Megan, I was like, hey guys, 
uh, that's all I got <laughs> like in terms of lyrics. <laughs> You're like, I was and like, that's a damn got, good pop song right there. Yeah. And that's a damn good pop song with no <laughs> lyrics at all. I was like, I've got the chorus. I've got the melodies structured out. I've got the, the don't give up. And I was like, what else do you say? It's like such a happy song. And so the, the four of us got together and we really hashed out all the lyrics and, uh, and it was a great writing experience, but it was, I'm, I'm glad that we finished it in time for the album. <laughs> I definitely knew, you know, you get, you get those songs where, you know, where you're, when you write, where you think, okay, that's definitely going to be the next single, or yeah. that's definitely going to be on the next project. So that's, that's the story behind that song. It started with me uh, just getting frustrated and overwhelmed and not knowing what to do. And it was that, no hold on, just keep going, just push through, which is what I teach and coach anyway. So it it's very fitting. Um, and I actually just wrote a follow-up song to hold on as well uh, that I haven't released at all. So it should hopefully be coming soon because I, awesome. I wrote it like three days ago. <laughs> very yeah. cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. I'm assuming awesome. actually, this Megan is on iTunes, right? Uh, hold on is on iTunes. Yes. Sweet. The new song is not. Yeah. Everybody well, needs a, to go get this because yeah. I think coming out of this year too, like you said, a, a lot of people oh, just want to like burn 2020. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, but I, I like to think that some pretty awesome mm -hmm. things are going to take place for a lot of good people. But I also I feel so. that going into this next year too, the outcome of 2021 is going to be determined by each individual person for mm -hmm. their Absolutely. own lives. You know, it doesn't I, matter who's president. It doesn't matter who your boss is. It doesn't matter who you're married to. It, what matters is really what you're going to make this coming year. So Absolutely. everyone just needs to hold on, don't they? Everyone needs to hold on. Absolutely. <laughs> That's a, that was a nice segue. I like that. But uh, we have all been given an opportunity to reset right now. And, and, and actually as an artist and, and now a mindset coach too, if I had been touring this entire year, I would never have been able to launch my mindset coaching business. I, it would have been just too much work, too much going on, too much stuff. And the forced slowdown from the COVID for me as an artist, yes, it was financially detrimental, um, especially since I had a whole year of, of shows and merchandising and stuff planned out. But it was also this huge blessing for me to sit back and realize, oh my gosh, I really am working a lot. Like I really haven't spent any time with my family. I really haven't like focused on my life outside of music or what I want that to look like and, and all of those things. And, and it, so it, there, there's that, you know, blessing in disguise type of thing. Uh, so I think it's an opportunity. Yes, it sucks. There's been a lot of suck this year, but there's also a lot of great things that can come out of it. And like you said, going into next year, it's really going to depend on the individual and what you choose to take advantage of and what you don't. I love it. AmyGerharts.com. Is that the best place for everyone to yes. find you? Yeah. AmyGerharts.com. Yep. Awesome. I'm on there. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, the same thing. Instagram, yep. all the things. That's awesome. Yep. All the Spotify, things. iTunes. iTunes, yeah. Spotify. I love it. I'm going to go <laughs> yeah. get all your stuff. Please. I, I, yes. <laughs> it's so cool. It's so awesome. <laughs> Thank you for Thank being you on. Thank you so much. And Absolutely. I'm, and also, I uh, if anybody wants any of my older albums, they have them pulled offline, but I'll give them away for free. So you can just email oh, me fun. at info at amygearhearts.com and uh, you can download all the older stuff for free. That's so, so cool. And make sure if yeah. you do that, if Amy sends you something too, make sure you go on Instagram or Facebook and tag her when you do this too. And Please. tag three of your friends also. Yes, because it, it, we got to get the word out. Everyone needs to hold on and Amy's going to help yes. with that. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Well, thanks for being awesome. on. I, lo I love thank this show. You. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. 
What's shaking? Thank you for joining me on the All In Podcast. Click the subscribe button and smash that bell for notifications. Text me, 312-535-8520. Follow me on social media, at Mr. Rick Jordan. See you next episode. I am Rick Jordan, and I approve this message.